a lot of people live in denial because they think that to be realistic is to be depressing. I'm Dr. Mike, host of Going There. It was the first song where I wrote about how I felt like my depression was killing me and I didn't want it. Going There breaks the stigma of mental health issues by having real honest conversations with your favorite musicians, including Alessia Cara, Lizzie Hale, Jewel, Jason Isbell, Gerard Way, Lauren Gray, Shamir, and Barty Strange. There was something there that was so raw where I was like, wow, I can't believe someone would say that. Let's go there on Going There with Dr. Mike, brought to you by Sound Mind Live and the Consequence Podcast Network every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I'm David Frangioni, publisher and CEO of Modern Drummer Magazine, and today's webinar is just so awesome. Greg Bissonette is going to be joining us in a second. So we're going to talk about some, you know, really, really insightful topics. As always, a ton of questions. So let me get this actually started for us so we can get into what we're doing here. All right, here we go. Okay. So Dixon, Greg's company that he endorses is drum company of choice is uh, drum set and, and signature snares is a sponsor today as is drum channel. So we're going to be talking about Dixon drums because that's what Greg plays. He has two amazing signature snare drums and a brilliant artisan kit that a lot of you guys are going to be interested to know more about. Of course, he has a new school uh, at drum channel, drumchannel.com slash Greg, G-R-E-G-G, of course. And we're going to be talking about that. And we're going to cover Greg's setup, some practice exercises, how he plays so many different styles authentically. He's one of the most versatile drummers in the world, uh, especially at such a world-class level. Everybody he plays with, you know, Maynard Ferguson, which was his first big break, and then David Lee Roth with Steve Vai and, and Billy Sheehan, one of the most famous rock band configurations and, 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 you know, moments in the history of rock. I actually had the pleasure of seeing Greg uh, with the Eat em and Smile and Skyscraper tours with David Lee Roth multiple times, and uh, it was incredible, groundbreaking and awesome, and we're going to talk about that. And, of course, Greg plays with Ringo Starr. Many of our idol and reason we play drums is Ringo, and here Greg is the drummer in Ringo's band. So quite amazing. The definition of versatile. Greg's online school, Modern Drummer Power by Drum Channel. Always, you know, keep in mind, guys, support the cause, moderndrummer.com slash subscribe. We're bringing you these webinars for free because we want to inspire drummers. We want you to learn, and we want you to apply these webinars to your playing and your career so they help you. That's what this is for. And that's why we do the Q&A. So there's a Q&A button at the bottom center of the Zoom app. We look at Facebook comments. We've been getting dozens and dozens of emails with questions. So the Q&A is a big part of this. And we're very excited to, uh, to you know, answer your questions. So without further delay, let me introduce to you and bring you live with the one and only Greg Bissonette. Greg, welcome. 
Well, hey, great to be here, David. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you having me, man. Oh, no, it's our pleasure, man. It's just, it, I can't tell you how exciting this is. We've been getting emails. If this were the old days, I'd have a big sack of, of letters in my, over my shoulder, right? But, but it's all digital. So we're going to jump right into it. Uh, I think most of our viewers and readers, they know your career. They know they've been inspired by you for many, many years. So let's talk about, let's start with drum kit, drum set, right? Your, your weapons of choice, the instruments that you have chosen to use. I know you're using Dixon drums right now. You've got your signature snares. We're going to, I've got some slides to share with that. Um, in fact, if we look at this, I'm going to start with this one. And here is a very famous kit uh, for all our Greg fans, in, in which I'm one of you behind the Purple Artisan kit. You've got a hammered brass signature snare and a steel signature snare, both six and a halves. So this, these are the core parts of your arsenal. Talk about Dixon. Okay, you got it. Well, I have that kit, that snare drum right here, the six and a half signature hammered brass. We also have a six and a half steel with Dixon. That kit that you just showed the picture of, that is an artisan kit from the Ringo Tour. And it's a, a 10 by 12, 16 by 16, 18 by 24, and of course the six, six and a half by 14. But Jim Uting, uh, my great friend and uh, uh, product manager for Dixon, and Jeff Jonas, the great drum tech for Ringo and I on the tour, we were all sitting in catering before the show and Ringo walked by and sat down and we said, hey Ringo, we're just thinking of what color we should get for the next tour. We, I have uh, turquoise sparkle um, on the last tour. And I said, I love sparkles, but I'm thinking of like a purple sparkle. What do you think? And Ringo, who you know, David, he leaned over, there was a, a plant on the table and he saw this kind of a lavender leaf on this plant and he says, but not, light purple, lavender. You should go deep purple, like the band. <laughs> so, so we call that kit deep purple, like the band. And I just love that that, that finish and that color. And uh, my cymbals are Sabian. My drum heads are Remo, uh, LP percussion, DW pedals, Vic Firth sticks, and direct sound headphones. So, uh, and Sensophonic in-ears. So I've got all my sponsors helping me out and I'm just really honored to, to be able to have people that are behind me. Now on the snare drums, what, what's the, the idea behind, you got both snare drums are six and a halfs. Yeah. One steel, one's a hammered brass. T yeah. Talk about how you came up with the idea for these two particular shell types, depths, et cetera, and why. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, uh, we, we worked really hard, uh, Jim and I and Sam, Sam Chen and Jim Uting and I worked really hard at trying to think of like what two different snare drums would A, complement each other, but would be pretty much my go-to snares anyway that I was using. And in the studio, I've always loved the six and a half brass. I've always loved the look and sound of hammered uh, snare drums. And um, I wanted the steel one at a great price point also, but the steel is the one that I have. It's also a kind of a smoked gray six and a half snare, but I love cranking that one up and having it kink, kink, ringy and nice and high, almost like a piccolo sound, but with more depth. And then I have the six and a half by 14 hammered a little lower, uh, tuned a little lower and with dampening that accepts dampening really well. That, that really uh, 
great, you know, two and four low snare sound. So I've got both of those with me all the time in the studio. And I find that's, I bring a lot of stuff to sessions, but well, I don't, but my great drum tech uh, in town, Adam does. And, um, and my dad for 18 years was my drum tech. Bud Bissonette, legend. But, yeah. And we always have a lot of different options, but those are my two snares that I use 99% of the time. And you've got, we, we saw the hammered one there. Play it a little bit. Yeah. Well, right now it's kind of deadened up because I'm in my drum room. I always believe in trying to play volume-wise and tuning-wise for the room you're in. This is with dampening. What Foo Fighters song is this? Come on, Taylor. You have the same name, Taylor. David's assistant there is Taylor Hopkins. But Taylor Whipple is our producer. We uh, Chad Smith affectionately named him Mr. Whipple. So for those of you, you remember, don't squeeze the drum. Don't squeeze the Charmin. Don't squeeze. So all my life I've been searching for something. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. All my life. All my life. You got it, Mr. Whipple. So here we go. Here's with no dampening. Snares are pretty tight because I've got it pretty muted in here, but I know it probably doesn't do justice over over the interweb, but they're great sounding drum. They well, both thank you. You can hear the you can hear the depth and the body and the articulation, right? Even even through computer speakers, which are the worst thing you could possibly play it through in the big picture it still sounded very articulate now david you know about sound you built studios for some of the biggest ever you're in those albums that are behind you there those aerosmith albums you worked on those yeah no thank god seven seven records with aerosmith about 75 million records sold with those bad boys and 50 or 60 other platinum records it's been uh, i've had a very blessed life on, on the other side of the console, right? So it's- Drumming uh, and audio, man, that's a good combo. Yep. So I have something kind of high tech for you too. My good friend, Leanne Helfman, made me a special mask for my drum school. <laughs> Let's see it. Oh, but I don't need a mask because I'm by myself. Oh, thank you, Mr. Whipple. Yeah, that's pretty cool, Greg. And people are going to ask, where do I get one? That's a one yeah, of one, right? Westlake Village. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So the artisan kit, you went through the sizes. Um, it, do you, it, you normally play four or five piece kit. What's your, what's your rig? I mean, I have your Eat'em and Smile kit. Anybody, <laughs> you, right? you have my Eat'em and Smile kit in your museum and your great book Crash. And you have my Skyscraper kit. And for that gig, you know, 1985 to 1992, I just felt like the music, all those toms, the double bass, the gong toms, the music called for it. My good friend, Stan Lynch, he's one of my best pals and he's producing like crazy. Now he, he hired me to play on two Don Henley records. He was the drummer on all the, uh, you know, the great Tom Petty and the Heartbreaker stuff. Um, and he said to me back during that time with all those drums, he said, Bissonette, I think my, if, like if I had a crystal ball, I'm gonna see you on a four piece kit. I said, I love four piece kits. Ringo's my hero. He and my dad are the reason I play the drums. 
I, I wouldn't really work for the David Lee Roth band. You know, I need these drums. I actually use all these drums. But I said, someday, that would be incredible. I'd love to have a four-piece kit. And in 2003, I get the call. I start working with Ringo and Ringo and the Roundheads. 2008, Ringo and his all-star band, the greatest gig I could ever dream of having. And that four-piece kit is what Ringo plays and has always played his four piece kit. Here I am side by side playing every night with my drum hero Ringo and it's a four piece kit and it's just the, the most fun. I mean, I just love having the ride in close. I used to go see Buddy Rich a lot when I was a kid. I got to be friends with him later in life and, and that ride right there, David, where you know it is. And then, I mean, I love, I love a five piece. I love a 50 piece, but there's something about a four piece kit. And these are maple, thin shelled maple artisan drums. I am a huge fan of maple. And when I went with Dixon uh, seven years ago, I said, can you know, please send me a thin maple shell kit. I want to try them out. And I tried them and I just loved the sound. And I went, I'm hooked, Jim, I want to be um, with Dixon. And so they're really thin maple shells. And of course the snares are six and a half uh, by 14 hammered brass and steel, but I just love maple. So you use the maple shells live or in the studio. They're that versatile? They are that versatile. I, I mean, I love all different types of woods and, and crazy configurations of woods and plies and everything else. And Dixon has that. They're a full drum and hardware line. And they've got all kinds of different, you name uh, a wood and a configuration and they'll have it. But I just have always, you know, John Bonham, Ringo Starr, uh, Jeff Procaro, you know, I know he used, uh, uh, he didn't always use the drums that you saw in the, in your wonderful magazine. He often had a, a really thin shelled maple kit there when he recorded songs like this. Mr. Whipple, name that song. Oh man, you put me on the spot again. Now, Mr. On, Whipple, that's an easy not one. the drummer, but David oh, Prigioni named it earlier. See, I earlier, so he was supposed to be, it was a trick question. It, it's a woman's name. It starts with an R and ends with an A. Rosanna. Uh, Rosanna. You go. When Jeff Ricardo played Rosanna, that was a maple kit. I just love maple, and Dixon are the best in the world for me. Well, that's fantastic. So playdixon.com, everyone, to check out more about Dixon drums and configure your own setup. So when you're practicing and warming up and prepping to play, which I know really kind of are three different things, um, but let's cover all three and, and how they differ. Uh, what, what do you, what's your routines look like? So I guess practice would be more of off the road. Uh, warm up would be before the show and kind of prep to play. is like maybe you're on the road still practicing or you're getting ready to get ready for tour rehearsals. What are some of the things you do? Great question. So, uh, my practice time, a lot of it is just really going into the weeds, into every part of those lovely interwebs and finding things that people do that I can't do. And I go, what the heck is that? And I love to transcribe. I mean, I, I sit forever and I write out, you know, drum parts and I love to transcribe and try to figure out what's a drummer doing. And then in my hotel room, maybe I'll, I'll sit on a chair and practice. And maybe when I get to a sound check, I'll try to work out what I transcribed and learned. I think vocabulary, that's the theme of my drum school with drum channel is vocabulary. Every day we need to have new inspiring beats and fills in different styles. 
I'm a real versatile uh, fan, versatility fan. And I think that I'm not the greatest drummer at any style, but I like to play. And I think I'm pretty good at lots of different styles. And that's always been why I make a living with the drums, David, is I, I feel like I'm, I'm good at, at most styles and I read really well. So I'm trying to work on my own practice time, on my own vocabulary, trying to learn different beats and different fills in different styles. And what a better time to do that. You can go on drum channel. You can find so, if you go to my drum school, you'll, we, we, we spent the last 10 years, Don Lombardi and I, filming stuff that's on this school. And there's vocabulary, vocabulary, vocabulary. The three most important things in real estate, David Frangioni, are? Uh, three most, location, location, location. I knew you would know that. And it's vocabulary, vocabulary, vocabulary for us with drummers. So that's what I work on in my practice time is trying to amass new vocabulary. And then... Uh, when I'm home or when I'm in a, a practice situation, I'll work it out in the kit. But backstage, this is a funny Ringo story, because I'm usually practicing on a pad going like this. And Ringo walks by and he says, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm just warming up, Ringo. He said, I thought I told you never to do that till you get on stage. And then I'll be doing things like, you know, uh, flamadiddles and Swiss triplets. And... He says, are you really going to play that in our show? I said, no, I'm not going to play Swiss triplets and flamadiddles and Rata McHugh's. But I, I do play that solo in the middle of Black Magic Woman. I just want to get my hands loose. I'm going to be ready to go. And he says, all right, all right, all right. But he always, every time we're getting ready to go on stage, are you doing that again? You know, because he... He's one of those super blessed guys that doesn't have to warm up. He hits the stage and he just plays like he's been playing for an hour. And he told me one of the most interesting things, David. He said, you know, this might sound funny, but I never sat on the drums as a kid or in my teens, you know, with, with any Clayton Skiffle group or the Roy Storm and the Hurricanes or the Beatles or with the All-Star Band. I never just sat down and just played. I said, you never just sat down to work things out? He said, no, I just played with the band. I worked things out with the band for the song. That really hit home because nowadays, especially now with the whole virus situation, everyone's sequestered and stuff. But when you're not sequestered soon, hopefully, get out there and start playing with other musicians, play with bass players, guitar players, keyboard players, singers, horn players, and make music together. Because it's not just about sitting in your drum room and playing to a pre-existing track and posting it and seeing how many likes you can get. You, you're following someone else's time. So practice, like Ringo did, your tempo, your groove with other musicians. Play with other people that have a heartbeat. If they don't have a heartbeat, don't play with them. So, well, that's great advice. Now, on the drummistic side of it, right? So, because I know you said you're expanding your vocabulary, you're working things out that aren't always with other musicians because you want to prepare to play with other musicians. So you sound like a hybrid of Ringo's philosophy of, hey, play as much as you can, which was Buddy's philosophy too. He always said, play, 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 never said practice, practice, practice. And so, but you do both. I do both. I believe in both. I agree with you. Um, so take us through, maybe you could even move the tip the screen to the snare drum show for the drummer <laughs> side of things what do a couple exercises people can take away that help you work your hands get ready whether it's to improve whether it's to warm up i mean it's all kind of the same right more is more 
Yeah, well, when I was at North Texas State, now University of North Texas, and I was in the drum line, uh, the director was Gigi Gonzalez of the percussion line, and he always had us going singles to doubles. And a friend of mine at North Texas, Kurt Covington, said, there's really only two rudiments, singles and doubles. And you look at stick control. What's the first one? Right, left, right, left. What's the second? Left, right, left, right. What's number three on page one? Right, right, left, left. It's all singles and doubles. And Gigi would have us do this. So of course, I'm a double bass fanatic, and I put in my double bass when I'm warming up like that. Even if I'm on a chair and my feet are on the floor. And then I kind of jam on that. I'll hold a, a medium tempo and just kind of jam and think like Buddy Rich to me, one of my heroes always played one bar, not always, but often played one bar phrases. It wasn't It wasn't always four bar phrases. Sometimes it was one bar phrases. And he was jumping like, you know, from a swinging from vines from one bar to the next. So I'll jam on stuff like that. Mr. Whipple. Mr. Whipple, what oh, rudiment no. is right, left, right, right, left, left? He's not a drummer. He's our producer. <laughs> I'll give him an easier one. Right, left, right, right, left, left, right, left. It's a paradiddle and an extra diddle at the end. It's a paradiddle and a diddle at the end. So like a paradiddle diddle. What would the name of that be, Mr. Whipple? Paradiddle diddle would be called a what? So this is why I have David on as the expert. He's, I'm going to defer to him. Stop. I'm throwing you a underhand stop <laughs> right here. A paradiddle with a diddle. A paradiddle diddle would be called a what? I Mr. Whipple. Paradiddle diddle. Paradiddle diddle. That's exactly what it's called. You got All it. All right. David, he, he's not a drummer, but he's learning very quickly. And Taylor, you'll learn even more if you join my drum school at Drum Channel. Well, Love it. well, you know what? Let's talk about that. Uh, well, for real, because here's the thing. Um, there's a million options everywhere, especially online that people have. And when I heard about your drum school, and of course I heard about it a little early because Don Lombardi, our mutual great friend and mentor and partner, um, you know, told me about it. And I said, that's going to just be absolutely phenomenal. I mean, the you fact- even signed up. You even signed up and bought it. I did. Oh, no, for real. Because here's the thing. Education cannot be overstated. And, you know, I'm not dropping names and bragging or anything else. I'm just giving people the, re the real deal here. Just talking straight from the hip. My brother and my parents were education fanatics. So my being the younger of the two children, 
all I ever got pounded into my head from a very young age is how important education is. My brother ends up going to Harvard University getting four degrees, including a PhD and MD, all from Harvard. So I know the cost of education and I know the time education requires to really get a lot out of it, not only from my own vast experience, but my brother's. And you so know the point, amount of money Harvard gets, so they gave back the PPP loan. Say that again? I'm just kidding. I said, and you probably know the amount of grants Harvard gets, so they had to give back their PPP loan. Oh, yeah, no, Harvard is not worried about where, how they're going to feed their next. Uh, no, okay. Yeah. Well, that's an, an awesome family history right there, Harvard. Well, it's, it's, it's insightful, right? Because you learn experientially as, as well as you learn anything else. So I learned how to learn and the importance of learning. So when I have access to, to quality education, and especially at high value, which your drum school is such a no-brainer. I mean, with the cost of the drum school to have 24-7 access to Greg Bissonette's ideas, learning, exercises, your insight, your approach, 24-7, 365 days a year. I don't even know how you put a price on it. And I'm not just saying that because you're on the webinar. I signed up because I'll go to your drum school and I'll, you know, the great thing about an online drum school, the way that you and Don did it, drumchannel.com slash Greg, is that I can go and I can just get little pieces if I want. I don't have to sit there for an hour or two if I just want to get like a certain thing or I want to see your, you know, what's your approach to Latin? What's your approach to jazz? What's your approach to rock? So tell us how the idea of the drum school came about and what you want people to get from it and why you did it. Okay, that's a great question. When I was a kid uh, and then when I was 18 and I was going away to college at the dinner table, uh, my dad and my mom, who were both professional musicians, they said, why do you want a degree that says you can perform? Uh, why don't you get a degree like my sax player in my band? He's got an education degree. He, if he doesn't make it playing, or if he does make it playing and he wants to, you know, really supplement his income, he is a middle school band director and he makes a lot of money doing that because he's got a pension, his, his health and welfare is paid for, he closes the door at 2 p.m. There's no marching band after school for middle school. He might direct the jazz band before school. He's got the summers off. He can do these cruise ship gigs all around the world. And he plays on the weekends. And I said, wow, an education degree. So I went to North Texas State in Denton, Texas. Great, great music school. For four years, I got an education degree, a degree that really teaches you how to teach better. You know, the psychology classes, the music history, all the barriers for performance. I pretty much got a performance degree, but it was an education degree. So I have a Bachelor of Music Education that would enable me to teach, you know, K through 12. And uh, then they do performance uh, equivalent for like doctorate equivalent for universities and stuff too. So I just love to teach, David. I really love learning and growing myself. My degree was in education and Don Lombardi said, look, we have something we can offer here that's special. Not a lot of drummers, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but not a lot of drummers that he mentioned, he knew that had played with a vast amount of famous bands and artists have education degrees. He said, you love teaching. You've always loved doing clinics. The first time I met Ringo, he gave me a hug and he said, I said, thanks so much for having me in your band. He said, you gotta be in my band. I hear you go all around the world doing seminars, telling drummers how great I am. You gotta be in the band. I said, I do Ringo, you're the one I tell people about. You're the reason I wanna be in a band. So the drum school, my drum school at Drum Channel is all about 
education and how to learn again vocabulary different beats in different styles different beats and different fills in different styles you mentioned latin we could talk big band classic rock prog rock double bass afro-cuban playing with brushes articulating playing country playing any style and we cover just about all of them in the school and really try even if you don't want to be a country drummer. Say you want to be a metal drummer. Well, learning how to play country will help your metal playing. Say you don't want to be a, you know, the next Bill Stewart bebop guy. Well, learning about playing jazz, and there's a lot of jazz courses in my school, will help you be a better rock drummer. John Bonham was a Buddy Rich fanatic. Ringo loved Cozy Cole. And that swing that Ringo has from Cozy. <laughs> Topsy and all that, that's pretty much um, really, really important uh, because um, the whole thing with Ringo is that he, he has a real skiffle feel. He has a real, um, um, like a swing to his playing. And so I teach that in the school. I teach all these different uh, styles because they're all related, David. That's awesome. So it's, it's as much about learning some technical things as it is about learning an approach to all types of music and exactly. how to be a versatile drummer. And it's coming straight from someone who's done that. I mean, that's what I love about the school as much as anything is that I know your history and I've heard you play with all these different acts. I, I've seen you play with Ringo uh -huh. and the all-star band and the Roundheads, seen you play with Roth, seen you play with other, you know, on other occasions uh -huh. and you, you know, you always nail it. So now you're able to take that, and deliver the kind of the, the secret sauce, if you will, to how a drummer can accomplish these things as it pertains to their needs. Thank you, David. And you are this kind of person. So many people that are, uh, uh, you know, that a manager once told me, you know, there's the people at the top and then there's the bottom feeders. And usually the bottom feeders are the people that don't have people skills. You have amazing people skills. Lots of my heroes in the drumming industry, Jim Uting, um, Don Lombardi, John DeChristopher, these are people with people skills. My dad had people skills and I learned that from my dad, how to treat people. And I talk about that in the school too, because it's 50% how you play and it's 50%, what kind of person are you? Are you somebody that puts people down and you're insecure, so you try to insult others? Or do you lift people up? Do you make them feel good? People in your band, people in the audience, people that come back after the show. And my school really talks about that, how to be someone that lifts people up. I love making jokes and trying to make people laugh. You don't have to be the court jester juggling in a clown suit, but try to, laughter is what gets us through tough times, you know? And so I, I love to just try to inspire people and uh, be positive. And, uh, you know, I pray about things all the time. My faith in God is really strong. And I think that one of the things God tells us is just don't stress about tomorrow. Let's think about right now, right this second. And when Ringo says peace and love, by the way, and I know you know this, David, but here's a man that I've observed. And peace, that kind of peace comes from not stressing out about what happened yesterday or 10 years ago, or not stressing out about what's going to happen tomorrow or next year, or what is this virus going to end? And what if, what if, what if? It's be here right now on this webinar with my pal, David Frangione, 
David Frangioni and Mr. Whipple, who's learning a lot about drums, and be present in this moment and be happy. We're, we're alive and we're able to make a difference in other people's lives. And I'm not trying to be corny, but inspire. And my school talks a lot about that, trying to be positive. And positive people want to hang out with positive people. If you're on the tour bus and you know, you're a pant load and you're dragging everybody down all the time, nobody's going to want to have you on that vacuum packed tour bus submarine next to her. You got to lift people up. And you want to be lifted up. And that's what drummers do. We sit back there on the drum riser. We watch with the whole, the dynamics of the band. Well, Joey, just, his girlfriend just broke up with him. And Billy over here on the, on the accordion, you know, he had three mocha chocolate yayas before the show. He's going to rush. He's going to speed up. And you're the drummer. You're like the musical director, the referee. And you sit back here from your perch. And it's about people skills. It's about playing, but it's really 50% about people skills. We talk about that a lot in the school. I love it. And you know, everyone, please go back. We record these webinars and put it on our Modern Drummer YouTube channel. Please go back and watch this multiple times because this is just, Greg, I, I learn so much every time we spend time together. Oh. Listening to you and learning from you as a person and as a professional musician, who interacts with the greatest musicians in the world on a daily basis. And everything you said about people's skills is hugely, hugely important. I've been with Aerosmith since 1989, still do projects with them. A big part of it is not just, I know this or I know that. It's that I know when to say what and when not to say anything and yeah. how to just be a good source of energy while doing the job the best that I can. And that's basically what you said and what you practice every day in real life in the moment. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well, the other thing, too, is that the world has always been divided. It's not just divided with you know, the world right now and the, and the, and the situations. But if, what you just said, you know when to say something and when not to say something. I, I love freedom of speech and freedom of thought. And I value what someone else says. I don't have to just zing them with what I think. I have a lot of strong thoughts, but I don't have to tell everybody what my thoughts are all the time. I want to respect other people's uh, like being in a band. Well, I really want to do this song. I don't want to do this song. And people are trying to get the songs they wrote in the band. Just kind of sit back, take it all in, try to learn. You have two ears and one mouth, my mom used to say. Try talking half as much as you listen. Listen and take everything in and learn. And then, there, like you just said, there's a time to talk and a time not to talk. And I'm sure every gig, in my experience working with a lot of rock stars, every time, every gig you learn something that you apply to the next one 
and you just get better and better and better at how to be the best, what I'll call sideman or, or role player that you possibly can. Because let's face it, there's one rock star, whether it's a band, whether it's a solo artist, whatever right. it is, there's one person we're all serving, one entity we're serving, and the rest of us are there to do a great job and be at a very high level. Gee, you think that would be Steven Tyler? <laughs> well, I think it could also be David Lee Roth, Let's jump into him for a minute, because then from him, you went to Ringo. Now you've got two of the biggest personalities in the history of rock and pop music, please. And uh, there's a lot to learn from both, but because we're taking it linear, linear, right? You start, Roth was first and, and then into Ringo. So just a couple of stories or things to share with working with these legends and how to, you know, really kind of, if some, the, per, the people watching this, any of them that get a shot with a legend, an audition, uh, you know, a, sh a shot to play on a single, whatever. What are some of the things that you learn from being with Roth and Ringo that you would give them for advice? Well, the first thing I think, you know, people say a lot of times, oh, I want to be a jazz, like rock drummers tell me, I want to play jazz. I say, oh, why do you want to play jazz? And they'll say, well, I saw this drummer at the Baked Potato Jazz Club, and when he played his solo, everyone stood up and gave him a standing ovation. On my rock gigs, you know, they're usually already standing. So I said, well, that's why you want to play jazz? I said, do you like Miles Davis? Do you like Chick Corea? Do you like uh, Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie? No, I've never heard of them. What? You have to love jazz before you can be a great jazz drummer. You have to love rock to be a great rock drummer. I've had jazz drummers tell me, I really wanna play rock. Oh, okay, do you like rock? Do you like ACDC, Led Zeppelin, the Foo Fighters? Do you like the Beatles, the Stones? Do you like, you know, Queens of the Stone Age? Do you like Rush? No, no, I don't listen to any of those bands. Well, then why do you wanna play rock? Well, I know that rock gigs pay way more than jazz gigs. So that's why you wanna play rock. You're not gonna be a great rock drummer unless you love rock. Well, I love, the Beatles, old Van Halen, especially, I love all Van Halen, but especially old Van Halen, the first, you know, from the beginning up to 1984, the David Lee Roth era Van Halen. I listened to those albums so much that when I found out I could be in David Lee Roth's band, all I wanted to do was be the best drummer for David Lee Roth I could be. But the cool thing about Dave is it was a band. It was the David Lee Roth band. He let us write songs together. He included us as a band. We were in the videos. We all had input. But even when you have input, you have to kind of be smart, like you just said, David. Know when to talk and when not to talk. Dave said, hey, play a drum solo for me, because I want to see how we're going to configure the lights and stuff. And on that kit that you own, that's in your museum, David, the Edom and Smile kit. He, he looked at it before it was that kit and he said, why are your bass drums so short? And I said, oh, they're not short. They're 24 by 16s then, right? Now my Dixon kit is a 24 by 18. He said, Alex Van Halen's drums were twice that long. And I thought, oh, they sure were. And he got two shells, you know, put together. So I got two 24 by 32. 32, and he, and he said, have you ever done a drum solo standing on your drums? I think it'd be pretty fun to see a drummer stand on their drums and walk across their drums. And I said, Dave, how would I do that? And he called Andre, the great Andre McDougall, my drum tech over. He said, put some of that surf 
uh, surfboard grip on the on the bass drum and mount the this is Dave you know mount the the, the the throne to the to the riser like those you know those buddy rich thrones you could take the top off and put the hard bar in David Lee Roth's a genius and he's Andre said yeah and he bolted that I got up on put my left foot on the on the bolted in drum seat put my right foot my right leg over the toms got way out in the bass drum and played a solo walking on my drums and if, if anybody wants to youtube my name david lee roth drum solo you will see 1986 in my hometown of detroit michigan with my mom and dad and sister and grandma's up in the audience and i'm walking on my drums playing this drum solo it's one of the most fun times i ever had in my life and that came from roth that came from Dave just going, yeah. man, that drum solo, because he asked me to play a solo. And first he said, well, what's your last gig? And I said, well, Maynard Ferguson. I didn't think he'd know who that was. I thought he'd say, ah, next. You know, this guy's a jazz guy. He said, Maynard Ferguson, the great big band guy, high note trumpet player that did a cover of Herbie Hancock's Chameleon and theme from Rocky. I said, Dave, yeah, that's exactly who he is. And he goes, if you can power that band, you can power the four of us. Welcome to the band. Let's go get some Mexican food. And that was my audition with Dave. I did an audition with Bill <laughs> Sheehan, who was the first guy in the band that Dave picked. And then Steve Vai. I auditioned for Steve and Billy. And then they brought me into audition with Dave. But Dave said, yeah, Maynard Ferguson. He said, well, play a drum solo for me. So I played the kind of solo I played with Maynard. They, you know, had some, a lot of, you know, this. You know, uh, Steve Gadd, a lot of bottom. Double bass, jazz. And I even played you know, a little bit of hot for teacher for him. But he, after the solo, he goes, "Wow, you played so many different things there. I didn't know what expression to make, so I made all of them." <laughs> that's a Rothism. Yeah, it's a Roth, and he's he's so smart. He's such a music guy. Dave is such a music guy. He's a musicologist. He said that sounds like a drum solo for a bunch of drummers, you know, wearing like drum logo shirts. He said, play a drum solo that will appeal to everyone: housewives, plumbers, doctors, skateboarders, everyone. Have you ever played a solo standing on your drums? And that's how that came about. And it was a drum machine. I saw, as I shared with everyone earlier before you were on camera. I saw the tour many times. I was a huge fan, am and was a huge fan, and saw both tours, Skyscraper and Eatem and Smile. But in the Eatem and Smile, um, you did the standing on, and you also triggered a drum machine that did like a double bass pattern, if I remember, and then you did this like thing over it. Let, just, we'll talk about it just for a sec, because we got yeah. a lot of other things to cover, but just well, first a little, little David, nostalgia trip. David, not a lot of people that I talked to even remember that. So you're a really intelligent guy. You're a, you're an audio guy. You're a drummer. You paid attention. So Dave again said, I said, well, what am I going to play when I'm crawling up on my drums, putting my lip? There's going to be silence. And he goes, I saw that drum machine. Drum machines that just started coming out. This is 85. He said, I saw that drum machine back there. I said, yeah. He said, well, can you put kind of a shy boy beat in there? And as soon as you finish your regular solo behind the drum, and then he goes, hold that part longer. I said, what part? He goes, when you get to your top speed. He said, yeah, but that's the real crux of the biscuit there. Hold that, that pinnacle there, that apex. Hold it for like... 20 seconds, I go, oh, 20. He goes, hold it, like you're gonna fall off a cliff, like, you know, 
the, the Roadrunner, Wile E. Coyote, and then all of a sudden you do it, and people go, eh. and then when you stand up, when you hit the cymbals and you jump down, Andre will hit start on the drum machine. So if you watch that YouTube video, just type in my name, David Lee Roth, drum solo. You'll see me hit the cymbals, Andre hits the drum machine, and that's what happens while I climb up on the drums. So I had, as Terry Bozio would say, an ostinato to go, and I'm standing on my drums, playing the toms, hitting the cymbals, turning out, flipping my sticks, throwing the stick up. Oh, I got another one. On the back of my spandex pants, ah, you know, and it's just all about having fun. And I was having fun, and the audience had fun. And some guy from the audience probably had one of those huge, archaic, before the flood camcorders, you know, video VHS things, and he recorded it somehow. And that's what's on YouTube. Oh, that's fun as hell. So now we go to Ringo, and then we're going to get to QA in a second because that's everybody's favorite part of, of, of these. There's so much to get from these webinars, but the QA is you know, right directly from all of our viewers and people who have been emailing in. So we're going to get to Q&A in a second. But cup, play a couple of your favorite Ringo songs, beats, since we got you behind the drums. I love to hear you play, that you play on, at the Ringo show, because you, you play a lot of the drums. I know Ringo does some drumming and double drumming and whatnot, but play a couple of your favorite Beatle beats that you just feel like sharing. I'll tell you the story is... Uh, I was doing a session and uh, I decided instead of just playing kick drum forever, I said, I'm going to start playing a bunch of Ringo beats and, and show uh, Mark Hudson, the producer, who was also Ringo's producer at the time, that I'd be great, you know, for Ringo's band. So I started playing this one. So anyway, tickets arrived. and such uh, holding back here with the there are places I remember and I remember asking Ringo how did you come up with that part with just one hi-hat per bar and he thought for a second and he said I think I just did what I did on Anna Anna that came before that. So he ripped off what he did on it. You rip off yourself. So anyway, uh, yeah, Ringo's parts, his groove, his swing. He's the reason I wanted to be in a band and still want to be in a band today. And playing five feet away from him, I just stare at his snare drum and say, I'm not going to flam with Ringo. I'm going to be in his pocket and really try to make the music swing, you know. And so it's the most fun you could ever have behind the drums. Well, it's unbelievable. And in my life is one of the first like linear grooves, right? Where you don't, you don't play the, you know, the, the hi-hat and the bass drum and the snare at the same time. Exactly. Well, you don't realize that. Yeah. Before David Garibaldi, one of my dear friends and heroes playing, you know, you know, and the Ringo was playing a linear beat, you know. Amazing. 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 All right. So, we're going to jump into, let me go back to sharing my screen. 
No, no, that and here. Hey, while you're doing that, David, can I just mention that? I forgot to say when I was talking about my drum school, I'm a producer for something called studio.ccsoundhouse.com. And you can be in my band and I produce a band online uh, through Caleb Chapman Soundhouse, studio.ccsoundhouse.com. It, it's really fun. Join the band. It'll be super fun. It's on oh, my. It's also yeah. on my website. My website's just been redone uh, by Flying Ace Media. They did an amazing job, and it's got the drum school in there. Just go to my gregbissonette.com. It's got everything from today's webinar to the drum school to ccsoundhouse.com to all my sponsors to what's going on with Ringo. It's really the landing page for anything you want to find out about what I'm doing. Gregbissonette.com. I love it. So we're going to get into Q&A in a second, which is right here, and bring on Mr. Whipple. I want to say thank you to Dixon Drums before we get into Q&A. I want to say thank you to Don Lombardi and Drum Channel and the amazing, amazing team over there for bringing us your drum school, drumchannel.com slash Greg. So we've got lots and lots and lots and lots of questions. We're going to go through them. As, we're going to cover as many as we can, please. We'd be here literally for a week if we went through all the questions we have. So we're going to try to, a lot of them, you know, there's like elements of people's questions that are kind of similar. So we're going to try to get right to them. So we talked about your practice regimen. Uh, so we know that was a question. So we kind of covered that. Next question we had is, do you have a mentor? And what are some of the things that that mentor helped you in developing? And what does mentoring other drummers look like, which I think Personally, I don't want to answer for you, but that I think also serves back to your drum school and being a mentor. Well, thank you. I, I my first mentor, uh, my most important mentor is my dad. My dad had a band in Detroit and we used to play gigs. He let me sit in with his band. He took my brother and I to see the Beatles. <clears throat> my mom played in his band and they were my musical mentors about how to be in a band, how to, I watched my dad book gigs and hire musicians and they never rehearsed. He always got guys that played well, but my dad was my first mentor. And he told me things like, I never learned correct ways to hold the sticks or read music. So I'm gonna get you with <clears throat> some great teachers. And these teachers were mentors back in Detroit. Bob Yarborough, Jerry Hespatcher, Jim Ruffner, Mark Bertacci, Myron McDonald. And then at North Texas, people like Henry Oxtell, Ron Fink, great teachers that were mentors. <clears throat> and then later, I got to study with the great David Garibaldi. He was a mentor. I got to study with the great Tony Williams and I became friends with these guys and they were mentors in many ways. And so uh, probably besides my dad, the biggest mentor is Ringo because he's the reason I, you know, I saw Hard Day's Night and I saw those guys playing, saw Shea Stadium. Then I saw them live in 66 in Detroit <clears throat> at Olympia Hockey Arena where the Red Wings play. So his role as the drummer, the, the groove guy, but also he was the, Ringo was, was, was the, uh, the main star in Hard Day's Night and Help. You remember the premise of Help was there was a ring and it was on Ringo's finger and they had to get that off and the whole movie, kids, you gotta see the Beatles help. You gotta see Hard Day's Night, this boy. You know, Ringo <clears throat> was the actor in the band, really. They all acted, but Ringo went on to do a lot of things. That's where he met his wonderful wife, Barbara. They were doing the movie Caveman down in Mexico. Ringo's a great actor and he's a personality, but he's a calm, peaceful, loving friend that is a, is a role model and a mentor in many ways. Fitness, diet, 
um, the way he does things in a way that um, <clears throat> where he lives his life. So I'd say my dad and Ringo. Awesome. So you've played with a lot of high profile musicians. The question is, what is your secret for staying professional with big time rockers uh, who are very demanding? Um, what would be the best advice? We've covered a lot of that already, but what yeah. would be kind of like the bottom line tip that you would give to people to work with and uh, successfully coexist uh, with a rock star? Yeah, first of all, learn the music, love the music, really get into the tempos. Drummers, we have to pick the right tempo for each song, log that tempo out. I got a little song starter that we could talk about more later, but play the songs at the right tempo, play dynamically, have eye contact, look at everybody, have fun, show that you're having fun, be on time. Don't be late, be on time. Be early is on time, on time is late. And just try to be somebody that really lifts people up. And the biggest thing is don't complain. Lots of people get, lots of drummers, lots of musicians get fired from gigs because they're complaining all the time. Nothing's ever good enough. I need this, I need this, I need this. If you, by the grace of God, are playing drums and someone's paying you to play the drums, there's nothing to complain about. I mean, it's not the time, the two or three hours that we're on stage. It's the other 22, 21 hours of the day when your road conditions, your hotel conditions, the food conditions, whatever, the lack of sleep. But try to not complain because there's a lot of other things that you might have to do instead of playing drums that you wouldn't want to do. And I would be playing drums if I didn't get paid just because it's my favorite thing to do. I love to play baseball. I love to swim. My favorite thing is to hang out with my son and daughter. But I'll tell you what, drumming, getting paid to play drums, it's a blessing from God. And I don't take that for granted. So don't complain. I've seen more drummers get fired from gigs because they complain and they bring the vibe down than anything. A band yeah, much a more so than playing. It's really not their play. Their playing could, could handle it, but their personal uh, behavior couldn't. Yeah, I've seen drummers keep gigs for 40 years uh, in certain bands where you think, well, so-and-so could have done that gig, maybe had a little better tempo or maybe could have played a better solo. Or but this person is their friend and someone that they want to hang with the other 22 hours in the day. And that can be even more important than you're playing. It really can. Awesome. Do you have any tips for how to play loosely without any tension and, and really get into the groove and be able to do it on songs like Rosanna, you know, shuffle like grooves uh, and fills. This person wants to know uh, what are your tips for being able to play these types of things loosely? Yeah, that's a great question because loosely is the key. I've seen, and I want, I'm not going to mention any names, but I've seen a lot of drummers that um, basically had, had to have hand operations because they were gripping the sticks so tightly and, and they were causing all kinds of pain here, pain in their elbows, but pain in their joints and their hands and arthritis. Try to, when you're playing, just keep the sticks loose and, and just, you know, you got to have enough of your fulcrum grip here that you're able to really hold on to them, but you don't need to be gripping so hard that you're going to cause yourself to have problems. So don't hold the sticks too tight. And so play the, you played the Rosanna groove earlier. What did you do to practice that and kind of nail it? Cause that's like one of the most famous grooves out there. A lot of guys want to learn to play. 
Yeah, well, I still don't think I'd nail it because I listen to Jeff Percaro. I listen to that song a lot. And a lot, now on YouTube, there's uh, Rosanna Isolated Drums. And I said, oh, I'm not playing that exactly. Like, Jeff was a, a, a serious, uh, you know, he was a freak of nature, that guy. He, he just had this feel and, and the ghost notes and everything, just the way he played so well. I remember the, I was driving into L.A., moving here in 1982, and I had to pull off the road, David, because I heard <clears throat> Rosanna on KLOS. I went, what is this? This song is starting with this cool, what is this? I pulled over. I was so into Rosanna. So I worked and I worked and I worked on it. I played it in a top 40 band. And then I got a gig playing with Joe Percaro, Jeff's dad, who plays, you know, bass marimba on Africa. One of my dear friends, uh, Joe Percaro. I was doing a telethon. It was the uh, muscular dystrophy, Jerry Lewis telethon in like 80s, I forget what, early 80s. And I said, hey, Joe, check this out. And I played Rosanna, what I thought was Rosanna. And he was so nice. He goes, yeah, I think that's close. Close. This oh, my bad, God. Right? So I, you know, I really love it. I really work on it. But, you know, think of what Jeff said. He was influenced by Fool in the Rain, John Bonham. And that, that beat really influenced him. And so check out Fool in the Rain, check out Babylon Sisters, Steely Dan, and try to get into those grooves. And that's like, if you want to learn how to play like somebody, learn who they were influenced by. And Jeff says Fool in the Rain and Babylon Sisters. And, and, and practicing and learning them is literally listening and working it out, building your chops up to the point where you can play at the tempos and have your muscles loose enough that there's no tension or pain in playing at those tempos. So that's the drum side of it. That's the drum side. And nothing beats having a, a, a private teacher. You know, somebody that, you know, can help you transcribe the, the, you bring in a song. When I would teach at a music store in 82, I'd say, hey kids, bring in your favorite song. And I would write it out. I'd show them how to read, but we'd play with songs. Because sitting with a drum book forever, you know, can just wear you out. But if you're playing along with music and it's your favorite song and your teacher wrote out the part and then you take it real slow. And on YouTube, I'm sure you know, but that little gearbox on the bottom right, you can hit it and it'll go, 0.75 speed, even slower. And you can play with that. You can go to isolated drums on John Bonham, When the Levee Breaks, Fool in the Rain, Rosanna, Clyde Stubblefield on The Funky Drummer with James Brown. You can play with these grooves looped on YouTube, and it's, it's the best, it's one of the greatest learning tools. Absolutely amazing, and it's true, and it's, and it's right there. Combine that with the mechanics and the insight at your drum school, and you've got endless amounts of material to grow as a drummer and a musician, which is the whole key. It's every day, let's get better. Let's push the envelope at whatever speed people can handle. Everyone's got different amounts of, of learning aptitude, but we've all got some. And you just, as long as that needle's moving even a centimeter every day, man, life, combine that with great health and life is just where you want to be. But don't forget what Ringo and Buddy Rich always preached. Play, play, play. Play, play, play. Practice is so important, but it's not as important as playing with other humans, coming up with your own grooves, playing cover grooves, but getting the feel. A bass player that drags is going to drag you down. A guitar player that rushes is going to 
pull you up. Play with other people. That's something that people around the world, and by the grace of God, I get to go around the world and tour and do drum seminars. A lot of drummers aren't playing with other people these days. And when I was a kid, you know, back in 77 on your shirt in high school, 1877, when I was in high school, um, all we did was play with other people. There were no DJs. There was no YouTube. There wasn't playing and posting. It was play with other people. Get back to that. Start it. Start playing at a coffee shop. Play for your high school dance. We used to set up a stage in our backyard and just play for people walking by the house or the cars on the street. Play with other people. It's the most important thing. Can't be overstated enough. Mr. Whipple, where are you at? Yes, I'm here. So, so I know the, one of the last questions that we have from our email uh, entries uh, that we selected uh, was about the all-star band tempos, correct? That's right. Yep. All right. Yeah. So what's the question? All right. So this person asked, how do you get your tempos for the all-star band? Do you ever use a click during shows? And do the other musicians or Ringo tell you what they want for a groove on their song? Yeah, that's a great question. I make it a point because every tour for the from 2008 to 2012 was different bands, different artists. From 2012 till 2020, it's kind of been a similar band because uh, we've just found this niche of guys that, you know, these songs work, the guys work, and uh, Ringo loves it. And so whenever in 2008 or 2019, whenever there's a new song, I will ask in the rehearsal before we get started, I'll just say like, for instance, Todd Rundgren and Todd would have that song. I don't want to work. I just want to what, Mr. Whipple? What do I want to do? Play on my drum all day. Mr. Whipple hits the jackpot. You win this free Dixon kit and two years at drum school, my Greg Bisson at drum school, and a lifetime subscription to Modern Drummer and all the drums in David Frangioni's museum. Just for no, that. he doesn't. Pretty good gift. Just kidding. Sorry about that. But that's the answer. Bang on the drum all day. So I said, hey, Todd, I got the tempo as this. Because I have a little uh, rhythm watch to my side. And one of my in-ears, I just go click, 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 click. And they're introducing the song. And I get the tempo on my head. Then I turn it off and I count the band in. But at least I'm counting the band in at a tempo that I know the guys want that have the songs want to play it at. So I'll say, Todd, on the record, it's I don't want to work. But do you play it faster? Yeah, I do play it faster. I said, could you play it on guitar? So I'll do a tap function. Oh, that's this tempo. Great. I said, we'll do it that tempo every night. And he goes, wow, really? I said, yeah, I'll just get that cue. And Ringo leaned over. He says, what's that thing on the side of your drums there? I said, oh, it's a song starter. He said, I thought you were going to start the song. I said, well, I am, but I'm going to get the cue from this little rhythm watch it's going to have all the tempos in there next to it so i can turn it on get the tempo while it's being introduced turn it off count the band in and we go and one of the cool things about that is at the end of the song just for fun you can click back on it and say oh i, I spin it up i slow down it was right on you know but it's a great teaching tool for me i always want to get my tempo better okay so mr whipple Last yes. question before we let Greg go. What have you got? All right. This person asked, what was it like playing in the Buddy Rich tribute show? Oh, that's a great question. And uh, my answer to that question, this is a really important answer. So I want to just say a couple of things. 
I didn't freeze. I was just messing with you. Uh, I want to say a couple of things. Buddy Rich was a hero in big band drumming. And when Kathy Rich called and said, we want to put together this tribute for my dad, and it's going to be a scholarship concert to the Berkeley School of Music, would you be involved? The other drummers are going to be Louis Belson. You're going to play a duet with him. And then we've got Al Miller, one of Buddy Rich's best friends, great Long Island drummer, Joe Morello, Dom Famularo, <clears throat> Jim Chapin, played a song with the big band and did a scat. Dave Weckl, Steve Gadden, Vinnie Caliuta. And I said, holy cow, does Dolly Parton sleep on her back? Yes. The answer to that question is yes. And the answer to my response was yes. I am there all the way. Count me in. So that was uh, at the Westbury Music Fair in 1989, I think. And then the next one that was filmed that everybody knows about, um, that was uh, Dennis Chambers and Louis Belson and I doing a trio. Steve Gadd, Vinnie Kaliuta, and Dave Weckl doing a trio. And we all played with the Buddy Rich Band. And it was so much fun. And then Neil Peart uh, worked out some kind of a record deal where he was able to get, um, I forget, I guess it was it. Atlantic, I think, to, to do Burning for Buddy. So I went to New York, went to the uh, great studio Power Station, and recorded tracks there with Buddy's band. So as a Buddy Rich fanatic, to play with musicians that were in his band was a huge honor. And talk about pressure. Talk about pressure, boy. I'll tell you, there was, um, you know, all the drummers in L.A., Jeff Ricardo was in the audience, Stan Lynch, Myron Grombacher, Don Perry, Mark Cranny, my dad, my mom, all my family, my sister, who's a great music industry gal, my brother, who plays bass with Elton John now. He was in Ringo's band, too, um, and David Lee Roth's band after Billy Sheehan. Everybody was in the audience, but they're videoing. And I'm going, man, this is just like today. Not only are we doing a, a modern drummer webinar, but it's going to be on YouTube forever. And forever is a long, long time. I'm going, kids are going to be watching this from VHS to DVD. We didn't even know what DVD was. And Schmengies in the future, they're going to be... Elon Musk is going to have a Buddy Rich Memorial Schmengi, you know, that people can see forever, you know. Um, anyway, it was really stressful, but it was really fun. Okay, so let me, uh, let me jump to this real quick and say our quick thank yous before we let you go, Greg. Thank you to Dixon Drums, playdixon.com and the official drum company that Greg Bissonette endorses and plays, including his two signature snare drums. Moderndrummer.com, bringing you these webinars every week. Moderndrummer.com slash subscribe. Uh, the subscription just includes so much. There's so many great downloads of information, education, features, gear reviews, insight. For the price of a cup of coffee every month, you just get endless amounts of really, really valuable and high quality inspiration, information, and education, moderndrummer.com slash subscribe. And of course, same thing for our partners powered by Drum Channel, Don Lombardi, our great friend and mentor and visionary, drumchannel.com, drumchannel.com slash Greg, G-R-E-G-G, -G, of course, for Greg's drum school. And so Greg, I can't tell you how amazing this has been. I've learned so much from this. I know everyone out there in, throughout the world has learned from it. Thank you so much. We're going to have you back again for part two because we just scratched the surface. Can I just say one thing about Modern Drummer real quick? Because when I graduated high school in 77 and the first issue, I think with Buddy on the cover, right? It was. That's right. Volume one, number one, Buddy Rich, 1977.
And if you would have told me then, because I've read every issue from cover to cover ever since it came out, and I just got so much knowledge and information. And, and but way before there was an internet, there was modern drummer. And if you would have told me that when I was with David Lee Roth in 86, I would be on the cover of Modern Drummer, I would have said, absolutely no way. And then again, I think in 89 on another David Lee Roth tour. And then when I did my solo album, I think 94, and I had a band called The, the Mustard Seeds with my brother and Doug Bossie and George Bernhardt, another cover. And then when I got with Dixon and was playing with Ringo, a fourth Modern Drummer cover, I would have just said, you have got to be dreaming. I can't thank Modern Drummer enough for all the all the joy and the excitement I've gotten every time I've read it and the, and the education and the knowledge. But to be on four covers and to be able to be picked by you, David, to do this webinar today, it really means a lot to me. God bless you guys and God bless the magazine. Thank you so much. It means the world to us. You know, I mean, there's, there's no other drumming resource that's existed for 43 plus years at the level that Modern Drummer has and is doing. We're stronger than ever. We've been dealing with these crazy times like everyone else. We haven't missed an issue uh, because my team is so great and they're working so hard to bring the drumming community together, to give them content at a time when everybody really, really needs it. If there's a time where we got to lose sleep and go the extra mile, which to me is really philosophically all the time, but this is a time where everybody's got to do it. And my team is, in fact, doing that. And it's all for you guys. It's all for the drumming community. You know, we're, we're a community within the music community, right? We're our own tribe, our own community. We learn and inspire each other all the time. And Modern Drummer is really the epicenter of all that. And I'm grateful for, you know, your being a part of it, for being a leader in it. Four covers is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, congratulations. Well-deserved. Thank you, David. I'll never forget one other way that Ringo and I got together was Robin Flans did my interviews and uh, I had a thing that I did called Tribute to Ringo and she was interviewing Ringo for a cover for Modern Drummer and she brought to the interview that thing. I did Tribute to Ringo and I wrote out like 20 different beats and Ringo signed it and I've talked to him about that and it because of Robin Flans, because of Modern Drummer interviewing me and Ringo, she put that together. So Ringo, I was on Ringo's radar and that came from, from Modern Drummer. So it's, 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 it's what connects us all. Well, you're right. It's, that's a great story. And, and I hear that every day. They're, they're so modern drummer. It's, a lot of people almost take it for granted because it's, it's not something you're consciously thinking of all the time. But believe me, everyone, since we're talking about it, modern drummer is the, is the central artery. It is the epicenter. It's where all types of drumming and drummers meet on all levels, from gear choices to where and how to study to to getting insight, to learning about different drummers, to learning about what's going on right now. I mean, there's just dozens and dozens and dozens of, of lanes to it. And it's all part of Modern Drummer. And uh, it's amazing. I have a question for you. Did you pull, do you think Modern Drummer pulled any of the name from this great book, Advanced Techniques for the Modern Drummer, 1946 or whatever Jim wrote that? The Modern Drummer. And they were modern in 1946, you're modern now. Thank you. Yeah, amazing. Ron Spagnardi, uh, our oh, founder. Ron and Isabel. Oh, Ron and Isabel and their daughter, Laurie. Ron was just a, a genius visionary. We keep the flame alive. We know exactly, you know, what 
what his course was that he set and we're taking it well into the digital age. Thank you everybody for your support of Modern Drummer. Thank you Greg Bissonette for taking the time out and sharing your wisdom. Go to Greg's Drum School on drumchannel.com. You will just be blown away by how much inspiration is on demand and, uh, and a lot of exciting things to, to come. So be sure to stay tuned to moderndrummer.com and drumchannel.com. Thank you again, Dixon. And thank you, everybody. Stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, best of luck in all of your drumming endeavors. From Modern Drummer and Greg Bissonette. I'll play you out with the drum group. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.